welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, podcasting from the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center in Chicagoland, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang. So welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. We're helping Christian leaders kind of navigate and lead through the cultural issues of our day. I'm Ed Stetzer. Without my co-host, the amazing Daniel Yang, I'm editor-in-chief of Outreach Magazine, executive director here at the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, where I am broadcasting, recording right now. We're excited to have with us today Aubrey Sampson. We've actually, she's kind of a friend of the Wheaton College Billy yes. Graham Center. Her true, and Kevin, true. her husband, co-planted uh, this their church, Renewal Church, and serves on the teaching and preaching team there as well. She writes regularly for, well, a lot of different places, but Christine Kane's Propel Women, mm-hmm. uh, which there's an important connection there. She's just graduating with her master's degree from Wheaton College. Yes, if I you, am. If you're listening online, you can't see, like, we're, we have the video going, and she's, like, you know, rocking I'm it right now. I'm celebrating. I'm dancing right now. She's dancing, dancing. I didn't want to say dancing. Oh, dancing. sorry. I mean, I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm moving celebratorily right now. Moving rhythmically. Moving rhythmically um, because (laughs) the Lord is good. And you never know our audience we have. We have some very conservative people. uh, And some people not so much. But anyway, uh, author of three books, which is three books, right? Overcomer, The Louder Song, and her latest, Known, Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes everything. Now, if you're listening to podcasts for the first time, welcome. Yeah, we know that Aubrey has a huge audience and millions of people listen to her every day in Chicagoland. Uh, she's on the radio, which is pretty cool. And uh, and if you're just listening for the first time or a regular listener, please, 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 please leave a review. Uh, it helps people to find us as well. Okay. So uh, we've known each other for a while. I've been your yes. professor. You've been, yes. uh, so you're around, you've spoken at our events. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of big fans and, but a lot of people may not be as aware or familiar with you. Sure. Um, and so I'm happy to introduce you to hopefully our audience. And let's talk about this idea of being known, yeah. uh, by God. What led you to write a book on the importance of being known by God? Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me, Ed. I just, I love your leadership. I love what you're doing here. And I love the chance to get to be on here with you because you are my friend. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I I wrote this book for a number of reasons. I, um, I was seeing kind of two simultaneous things happen in, at least in the States here in evangelical America. Um, One, this just intense pressure to build a ministry and professionalize our calling and get influence. And in one sense, that's amazing because more and more people are hearing the gospel, more and more people are being ministered to. Like we have access to things now that we haven't had access to. And that's incredible. On the other hand, what we have all seen, and, and you know, this won't be new to your listeners, but it feels like there's a lot of pressure to build towers unto our own name. And I feel that pressure as much as anybody else does. And so part of this was like, Lord, have we lost our way that we're no longer about your name? We're about our names. And then simultaneously, I think what feels almost antithetical to that, but I think they're really connected is, you know, we're in pastoral ministry, ministering to so many Christians who are walking around like with their heads hanging low because they really don't know this very basic foundational truth that God loves them and God is for them. And so it's like almost this simple, basic message, but I wanted to remind readers and even my own soul, especially coming out of 2020, 2021, like one, you are so deeply known and loved by God. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just remember that. Let's remember that God is good. God is for us. And then two, let's also remember why we're here 
And that is for the name and renown of Jesus and for the flourishing of others, not for our own names. Okay, so I th- I agree with all that. Um, you had to be writing this during the first part of the pandemic. For oh the pandemic yeah, now. lots of lots of time to. But you also have you have ki- you have young kids. Yeah, uh, everyone was at kids. home, remote learning. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, good yeah, times. Yeah, it is. It is. It is funny. You you sometimes t- uh, Facebook or tweet or Instagram, whichever I see you on, uh, about your your kids getting older. So I can relate as the father of three daughters now, one in their twenties, two teenage years. So it's oh, still more wow. to come. Anyway, uh. um, but um, I, part of what I, when I when I hear the title and even mm-hmm. your description of it, um, just bluntly, I might say, yeah, that sounds like an article, mm-hmm. and that sounds like yeah. a tweet. But yeah. you really kind of walk this out. And for people mm-hmm. who don't yet have, I do, I've seen, I've read, I've endorsed, mm-hmm. uh, known how to believe who God says you mm-hmm. are changes everything. Um, you actually walk through some pretty fascinating territory to get there. So I want you yeah. to unpack a little bit. Let's just unpack it part by part. You focus a bit on the power of names. Yes. Um, why we, you know, what is it that causes us to accept certain labels for ourselves, true or false? And how do names, how do, how do the names we live by impact our lives? Yeah, I, I do talk a lot about I do talk a lot about names in the book, and um, partly it's you know from anecdotal personal experience, which is what we all write from ultimately, sure. right? Yep, but sure. I um, I feel like it's very I mean it's human, and this is good. We were we are created to be communal people, but because of our sin or our trauma or whatever our life experience. We tend to um, go to other people or other people groups or affiliations or tribes or you name the category, Ed, and we go, okay, I'm going to put myself on that group's or that person's scale and I'm going to say, you tell me I'm worthy. You name me. You tell me who I am. And and then I, I think uh, the other thing that we end up doing is, again, this pressure to sort of commodify ourselves. We also feel this pressure to say publicly and express publicly, I am this thing. I am part of this group. I am this name, whatever. We just want to name ourselves or let other people name us all the time. And unfortunately, because culture is so shifting and so insane right now, then of course we get confused about who we are. So so stepping back, I, I wanted a book about uh, who does God say you are? <laughs> because that never changes. Because God's you know, God is the only being whose word cannot be separate from his action. So when God says, let there be light, there is light. So I wanted us to remember, like, when God names you, that is power. And then simultaneously, Ed, I would say, just going back to the personal thing about names, you know, we all name ourselves in these false ways. And depending on your personality type, it may be different. You may name yourself in a really, like, kind of overly prideful way, or you may name yourself in a shameful way. I'm not this enough. I'm to this, whatever. And for me personally, I, I was, I'll just be vulnerable with your listeners. I was sexually assaulted twice as a teenager, once 13 and once 17. And I, um, you know, as a result of those incidences, really believed the oldest lie in the book that what happened to me was my fault because I was needy for attention. And so needy became the name that because of, you know, other people's sin inflicted on me, I named myself needy and that name lasted and it impacted the way I interacted with other people. It impacted the way I was constantly like, look, look at all the things I'm achieving. Like me here. I'm on, I'm on your scale. You tell me I'm okay. And, and really I, I can remember, and I, I write about this in the book, but there was one very specific moment where I had had enough. And I said, Lord, you've got to remove this name needy from my soul mm-hmm. because it's in there and I am not thriving the way that your daughter should be thriving. 
And, you know, we want God to heal us in poof, but sometimes he heals us in process. And it was like, I mean, maybe a decade later, I was in the hospital after giving birth to the first of my three sons. You said earlier, my, my oldest is now 15, so he's a teenager, but I was in the hospital holding him. And I remember this moment, and it was just the Holy Spirit was so kind to me. I remember thinking, man, this kid is so needy. Like mm. he's so dependent on me, but it was not, I wasn't mad at him for it. It wasn't bad. It was beautiful and wonderful. And, and it just sort of dawned on me in that moment that though I had a twisted, broken way of naming myself, that actually when God met that false name, he really reframed it to help me understand that part of our being human is our neediness for God. And so he can reconstruct the way we understand needy, this kind of terrible, awful thing to actually mean like we are dependent on God and that's a good thing. Mm. And so anecdotally, that's all just to say, sometimes I, not sometimes, always, I do believe that God wants to meet our false names, the false names that we speak over ourselves or that we speak over others with his redemption. And sometimes that means just totally erasing the name, renaming us as we see him do, you know, throughout scripture. Sometimes it means God's redemption meets us in that hurting place mm -hmm. and reframes, reconstructs our understanding of a name so that it actually can bring healing and honor and glory to him. So as I was reflecting on that, I thought there is a book about names here that's more than just an article. It's really about like, who does God say we are and what does he do in our names? Yeah. And I like how, I mean, that's not the only place you kind of dig deep in. You've kind of even right. go through a series, but I really, I found that super helpful uh, you know, I might the names I might have named myself would be different mm -hmm. than, like you said, different yes. personalities, different yep. different life stories. Yeah. But I found that super helpful, and I wanted people to know it's more than just I want you to be known by God for the glory of God. But you walk through. It's the book is called Known: How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. It's published by our friends at Nav Press, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's really it's. It, I think people will be surprised and uh, by the by the journey that it takes you on. It's it's personal, but it's also going to be deeply personal to the reader. Because um, it's really easy to see the read the Bible and agree that God loves us, Jesus is worthy. That could be an article, right? Yes, but absolutely. You, it's where we go through life believing lives about lies about mm -hmm. ourselves. So how can we? And you write about this in the book, but tell mm -hmm. us how can we actually take what God tells us mm -hmm. to heart? Because right. maybe that for some people they know it, but yes. it's taking it to heart that's the hard thing. And you 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 dig deep there. Tell us more. Yeah, you you know it, right? But we want to like encounter that truth, reality. I, I you know, I, the the most of the concepts are based in the uh, any scripture about the image of God. Yeah. Um, and so I dive into different scripture from Genesis to Revelation, really about the image of God. And um, in some ways, this is sort of a a Garden of Eden problem that we um, that God has blessed us, given us this beautiful like flourishing that he has for us, shalom that he has for us, this, this blessing, this dignity, this destiny, because we've been created in his image, but we are all of us still looking to like the tree that we don't have, right? We mm -hmm. don't see the paradise that's in front of us. We're just continually going, but, 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 but you're blessing that person or you're, I want that thing over there. That's a human problem. That's part of our sin problem. And so to, to counteract that or to counteract the ways that the enemy has kind of gotten in there and spoken those false things over us. I, I think it's not more doing, like I got to do more, um, not more striving and hustling, but this is actually a continued act of surrender, right? To just say, 
Oh, Lord. I mean, even this morning, I was th- there was something I was thinking, you know what it is like one of my lies is like, oh, Aubrey, you're not smart enough. Okay. So, oh, I just want to I, point out that you did pass your comps and did with with flying colors. I have to with flying colors. So there you go. Yeah, I, went, yeah. I received that. I received yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad right. you're speaking that. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I was speaking that. But that's a lie. I mean, that's a lie. Comps I tell are myself. comprehensive exams, by the way, at the end of a master's degree, for those who don't. Oh, know. yeah. For those who are wondering. Yeah. And so I would say in the past, I would go, I am so dumb. I need to achieve more. I need to blah, 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 blah. And instead now I've grown enough in, in my faith and the Lord has been kind enough to me to go, oh, Lord, I'm doing it again. Mm -hmm. There's that thing where I'm speaking a false thing over myself. You know what? I'm just going to give this to you and I'm going to trust you to take care of it because I can't, I can't. I can't, you are the only one by your Holy Spirit's power that can transform me. I think that's just, just an act of surrender of being with God, of being kind to ourselves, of letting God's voice speak louder. And I, I really do. Th- I mean, I think sometimes as Christians, we're afraid to just be like, Lord, this is this tender thing in me. Can you meet me with your personal power? We forget that we have an Emmanuel God who is with us and for us. So again, the, the answer to the knowing versus knowing it's not doing more it's not hustling more it's actually just inviting jesus in and surrendering these false names to him and asking him to minister to us and he will because he's good and kind and so okay so let's let's bring in let's bring in jesus into the conversation yeah how does jesus show out show us how to live out our true identity rather than the false one that we might have assumed or placed on ourselves yeah i love that question and one of the things that i write about and one of the things that comes to mind when you ask that is you know the the prophet in his own hometown without honor moment in uh matthew 13 is one i think about where jesus is literally i mean he's like personifying the kingdom of god obviously he's healing he's overcoming evil he's i mean he is there with power and authority and and his people, his hometown people say, oh, I, you know, he's just the carpenter's son. And I'm reading that story with a little bit of my Western eyes, obviously, but um, that I think about that, that they spoke over Jesus, who was literally doing all these miracles. He's just the carpenter's son and how that's a false name we speak over ourselves. She's just a, he's just a, mm-hmm. and you fill in the blank with all number of things. But what I love about Jesus in that moment and what we see Jesus throughout his entire ministry including his his death and his resurrection is Jesus did for me if I'm in that situation I want to be like oh but look at but look I healed this person look at all these cool things I'm not just the carpenter's son I'm blah, blah. or and again another personality might be like well I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna say a dirty word to you and walk away we see Jesus kind of he brushes the dust off of his sandals and he walks away. And there's something in that where we know that Jesus knew himself as the beloved son of God. He is there on mission for God, from God, as God. And he's not working for their approval, but from God's approval. And I feel like that's the difference right there between hustling in our false self or living freely and ministering out of our true Jesus transformed self that we are no longer about needing, oh, I need approval. I'm going to hustle for it. I'm going to strive for it. Instead, we're like, no, I know who I am. I know who God has declared me to be. I'm going to live from that, not for it. Yeah. And I, I, you probably can tell by now that um, I'm a fan of, of, of Aubrey. And I really want you not to make the assumption that, because um, it's very difficult to put all this in the title of a book. Yes. You know, of course, I believe God says this right. and it changes everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And again, that's an article. It's a Bible verse. It's, yes. I memorize a passage of scripture. Yes. But I really want, and I, we're walking through a little bit of the content, and I want my, our listeners to really 
not miss, and we're encourage you to get known how believing who God says you are changes everything. And Arby, just to let you know we're all sending little notes about you in the chat, and and people who didn't know you saying she's awesome. Well, she is awesome. Oh, so, thanks um, everybody. So, what would you say to someone? Because 2020 and 2021 have just been a freak uh. show, and it's <laughs> um, it's knocked out the the, the legs and a lot of things. And one yeah. of those things, because your book deals a lot with identity. Yep. Um, what would you say to somebody? Who's unsure in the midst of having an identity crisis, dealing with self doubt, unsure? Because you know our our audience is pastors and church leaders. Yep. And the new Barna data came out recently, and I think it was like a thirteen point jump of pastors who are seriously considering resigning. And let's be honest, our identity for a lot of us is tied up to our vocation and our work. Mm -hmm. So, man, there's a lot of identity crises and self doubt, self um, self doubt right now. Yes. So, what would you say, somebody in that journey? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a pastor too. And so I, I actually saw that statistic said like 38% of pastors had one foot out the door. Um, yep. you know, I'm rephrasing. Technically it wasn't I, one foot out the door. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. A, I, I'm paraphrasing. But I don't paraphrase research as you know. Good idea. So. I'm so sorry, Ed. I'm so sorry. 38% of pastors are seriously considering quitting. Go. I think that's Thank the you. exact. And the exact. sample of a thousand pastors who were surveyed over, you know, yes. I, it's all the research. Yes, yes, yes. Ahead. Forgive forgive any errors here. Yeah, I, um, I was actually surprised it was not the other, like I would have thought, you know, 70, 60 plus percent of pastors after this year were seriously considering leaving. We have many friends in ministry who have seriously considered leaving. It has been a painful, painful year and a half, two years, 500 years, it feels like. It seems like it's been the (laughs) longest two years of my life. Yeah. And again, I like to remind people, we have never led in a pandemic before. And so we don't know what we're doing. We're doing the best we can. Anyway. Um, what would I say? I would say so many of us, I feel like so many of us are pretending to be adults. We feel like we're pretending to be adults. Like we're those kids stacked on each other's shoulders with a deer stalker hat and a trench coat on, just like hoping no one figures us out. And I think the, the beauty of the gospel is that you're seen like under, <laughs> I don't mean to sound inappropriate here, but underneath that trench coat with the hat off, you are seen through and through by the God who loves you and created you and died for you. And therefore, I think what we, we so forget, and part of this is our, a lot of our church background, not all of our church background, but a lot of our church background is we, you know, I think of Psalm 8, like who are mere mortals that you're mindful of us. Um, we tend to focus so much on that mere mortal part. I'm broken. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. I'm a I can't ever measure up. I'm, and in one sense, I never want us to lose sight of like the great sin that sinners that we are, because then we understand what great a salvation we have in Jesus. I don't want us to lose that. At the same time, I do think there's a lot of us who have forgotten that part that God is mindful of us, that he has uh, crowned us with glory and honor. And I think I would speak over you if you're feeling self-doubt, if you're hurting, if you're like, I want to give up think I would just remind you that in Jesus, you are so loved, you are so known, you are so accepted, you are a new creation, you are clothed in righteousness, you are, you have an explosive amount of image bearing in you, and God has spoken dignity, delight, and destiny over you, and so do not give up, like you are here to make the world a garden-like place where other people can flourish, and part of that is God wants you to flourish as well. And so I, I, I don't think be ashamed of the fact that you're hurting, but I just think remember, it sounds like the Lion King, but like, remember who you are, remember who God has said you are. And, and I know that the Lord wants to see you stand with your head held high in Jesus name.
Good, good, good. Okay. So um, let me just quote from the book. Uh, yeah. You write, knowing who we really are is vital to our individual flourishing and to our communities flourishing as well. Let's start talking a little bit about how this relates to the yeah. community. And then I want to talk about how you live, uh, how it relates to us, how we live. But talk about how that impacts our community. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a section in the book that's really about kind of our mission and how God has created us to live on mission for him. And um, we can do whatever God has called us to do. But I think what's what's fun is really unpacking and discovering over the course of our lives and because of our personalities or our stories, what God has actually meant for us to do, like how God has has named us, created us, designed us so that we can pour into the world in a very like fun, specific, life-giving way that's true to us. And again, I know that sounds very like American, do what God has called you to do, but I do mean that. Like I actually think God has created you on purpose for a purpose. And What's fun about God is we have this journey of, of discovering all these little pieces that he has woven together in our lives to figure out, oh, this is what God has created me to do. And so all that to say, this conversation does, I didn't want to write a book that just ended with you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. I think that message is important. I don't ever want to forget it. But I do want us to move out of ourselves into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, into our schools, into our churches, into our cities. And remember that we are there uh, to plant gardens. We are there to build the city. We are there to um, cause other people to flourish. And so when we know who God has created us to be, that should move us outward for the blessing, the goodness, the, really the gospel declaration and display so that other people can flourish as well. Okay, good. All right. So, and you mentioned a garden and a city, and I'm just yeah. making reference to Jeremiah there. <laughs> Thank you. So unpack, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But unpack that a little bit more because yeah. I, I think that, um, again, that's that passage probably has really come to focus for a lot of people in just the last few years. I think 500 years ago, people didn't see that verse and maybe see it the way, mm. way we see it, uh, which is fine. But what you're yeah. talking about, the flourishing of yeah. people, Yeah. but it comes, it's not just generic, but it comes from you know, being known in the way yeah. that, in a rightful way for us as followers of Jesus. Help us. Because I would tell you, boy, I got to tell you right now, I mean, she whiz, it doesn't look like believers are no, rightfully known in culture. And I think right. in large part, that's because they're not sure who they are yeah. in Christ. Identity, yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, there'll be an article. I wrote the uh, cover story for National Association of Evangelicals magazine with Andrew McDonald. And, and, and the whole point is that who in the world are we as Christians today? So mm. the world's asking that. Evangelical yeah. leaders are asking that. Yeah. Churches are asking that. Your book is more geared towards the individual. Sure. But I do think it has significant communal and community. Communal is the body of Christ and community implications if we rightly know who we are when a whole lot of people are being discipled into something else by their cable news. Well, that's what I was just thinking at. I didn't know if that's where you're going, but I, I obviously, I mean, this is not new to any of your listeners, but we are we are being discipled by our cable news, not just our cable news, by social media, social by media, so, sure. so much. And then we are, it's like, we've lost our anchor. We've lost our mooring and, and our, I mean, a phrase you use obviously is outrage, but also again, just going back to like, Oh, I'm going to define myself by that tribe, mm -hmm. that political affiliation. Yep. Yep. And that's Christian quote unquote Christian. Right. I'm going to, um, and in it, we have completely, and I put myself in this category too, 
lost our way that we are the sent ones, right? God's ambassadors here on earth for the, for the name and renown of Jesus. And so again, going back to knowing who we are, we can't allow any new, I, I try not to say one new, any news uh, outlet, any political right. pundit, sure. any, sure. any tribe, any affiliation. And we can't allow any of those things to name who we are because those always change. Like the winds are so shifting and they're so unsteady. And what they're leading to, as we have all seen, is division and hatred and really tearing down of other human bearer, uh, human image bearers rather than dignifying and building up. And so ultimately to know who you are, then I think is a, is a calling and a stewardship of being able to name others in a way that dignify and honors them well, rather than tears them down, rather than puts up the, that wall of division. We create walls. We, we tear down walls and bring unity. And I, you know, um, Going back to the garden, I mean, I know I keep using the same imagery, Ed, but I feel like I learned this from you in our, our change leadership, our crisis leadership class, that part of our calling as leaders is really to image God in the way that we bring order to chaos. We yeah. bring form to formlessness. We bring light to darkness. And so part of this knowing who we are foundationally through scripture that never changes, God's word that never changes, and then blessing other people with life-giving names, blessing other people by bringing order to chaos, shalom where there is chaos. That's a way that we pour out of what it is, our knownness and our namedness and our identity. I don't know if that answers your question. It but, does. It does. I will yeah. tell you, you blessed me by quoting the Change Leadership course. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad. Was, I'm glad. Uh, that was, if I could give you extra credit, I would. But Man, you've already uh, taken my class. We should have been on so here that, a few weeks ago. Man. That's right. Well, you've already got, you know, you got it through. You're rocking that's this. True, All right. So, um, so our audience is uh, pastors and church leaders. So in, in Known, yeah. the full title of the book is Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. How does understanding who they are known by God impact people who are ministry leaders? Mm. Uh, and what dangers are there if they are if they do not properly understand that? I feel like the dangers are almost obvious as we're sort of seeing all of the all of the stories of the failures of pastors, right? And any of us could be that story. Any of us could be that statistic. So I I think, again, it goes back to we've, we've forgotten who we are, but we've also forgotten whose we are, that we belong to Jesus, that our churches belong to him. He is our authority and, and we are not above his authority, right? Um, so the danger is, you know, sort of the old biblical truth that the pride comes before the fall, right? And so if we are not, we are not known, we don't even realize that we're known by God. It's like it almost removes the fear of God because suddenly we're not answering to the um, the one who is our king, right? We're answering only to ourselves. And so that's a very obvious danger. I think the other dangers are, you know, anything from burnout to depression to um, even just numbing ourselves, like we're in so much pain and suffering and sorrow, especially as leaders, so much coming at us, especially right now. It can be so easy to spend our nights, you know, watching Netflix and numbing out and being bitter and mad at the people in our churches and Again, going back to this concept of being known by God, how it changes everything. It changes everything because it, it moves us back to the power of the name of Jesus, that Jesus's name is above every other name. And therefore, when our posture is right before him, we're humbled before him as leaders, 
um, again, we can we can lead and we can serve in a way that is about honoring his name and his kingdom. What does Ferguson say? Uh, Dave Ferguson says that it's about not building our castles, but building God's kingdom. That's yeah. ultimately the posture when we know how known we are by God. It becomes about the name of Jesus above every other name. Yeah, I love it. I think one of the things we've all seen the last few years is that leaders need to do maybe a lot more heart work. And yeah. uh, and this is one of those ways people can do so. Uh, last question. What is your hope for readers mm. of Known and for the people listening to this conversation right now? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I really appreciate that. Obviously, you can tell it's a personal book. I do you know, reflect deeply on some things in scripture as well. So it's not just personal. Um, but I will say it's been a hard year for all leaders, like we've mentioned. For Kevin and I, Kevin lost his mom uh, to COVID just a few months ago, just a few weeks ago, actually. And um, a lot of our listeners have lost someone or have lost their way or have lost friendships because of decisions in one way or the other, you know, there's been pain. And so I, I, again, I just think about that Christian right now who is um, weary or feels very battered and war torn. I want you to remember that, that basic, basic, basic truth about your identity, that you are so loved that you are seen, that you are known, and that you are named. And I know that sounds a little bit cheesy because that's the title of the book, but I actually mean that deeply. Like I want readers and listeners now to be reminded by the power of the Holy Spirit that they are loved and known and it will be okay. We've been listening to, as you can tell, a friend, um, and not just a student, but a, but a friend, uh, Aubrey Sampson. And I've been really thankful for her, her book. I had the privilege of endorsing this book. It's Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are changes everything. Be sure to check out the book. You can learn more about Aubrey at aubreysampson.com. Thanks for listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. You can find more interviews as well as lots of great content for ministry leaders at churchleaders.com slash podcast. And if you found our conversation today helpful, would again, encourage you to take a few minutes, leave a review, a nice review. I mean, particularly of this episode, you can say, I mean, really, Aubrey please. was amazing. And Aubrey, <laughs> I kind of expect you to go on and leave a review of this episode. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I will. I'll leave a review of this episode. But you can find this podcast as well as other great Christian podcasts on the Faith Play app, which is available for both Apple and Android. Thanks for listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast today. And Daniel Yang, we miss you wherever you are. We Thanks. miss you, Daniel. You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.